You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Hi, this is Bill Farmer. You're listening to the Neverland Podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Or shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. Takes his faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the star-spangled man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Grab that happiest thought. Well, think that happiest thought. I'm back to saying grab again. But you get that happiest thought, and we fly away to Neverland. With me, once again, your host, the spider paint of Neverland, head lost boy, Jeremy. Hi. Have you had a good week? I hope you did. Well, if you didn't have a good week, you're going to have a good week this next week, right? You always got to have a good week, and sometimes it's all about that attitude and that pixie dust. So I'm going to get you started with a pretty good week. This was a week that we lost a couple of legends, particularly one was a Disney legend, Tim Conway. I did find out he was made a Disney legend in 2014, and we lost him. Don Knotts, I have found out, is not yet a Disney legend, but we do some have some new Disney legends that were just recently named and will be added to Disney Legends at D23 this year. Well, let's just mention a few of them. Well, heck, I've got the, the whole list is on D23's website. Not all of them will be people you'd be familiar with. Uh, but you got Wing Chow, who has been... He's worked for Disney for 37 years uh, and does a lot of things around Disney Parks worldwide. Uh, but you wouldn't be familiar with him. But Robert Downey Jr. is getting to be a part of the Disney Legends. I mean, let's face it, he's been playing Iron Man for 10 years. Uh, and since Marvel is now a Disney property, I, that qualifies him, I figure. That also brings in John Favreau. John Favreau, of course, is he's got some stuff coming out. But, you know, he did that Jungle Book. He's got a sequel to that Jungle Book. So he's been doing some live action. Uh, he also, of course, directed Iron Man. Uh, he's got, uh, you know, I think I mentioned all the Lion King was coming out pretty soon with him. But he's he's done work on a lot of Marvel films. He even did some voices on Hercules and Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. So he's got a lot of work and even uh, popped up a little bit in uh, some Star Wars films as voices. James Earl Jones. Darth Vader himself, plus Mufasa and the Lion King. So he is going to become a part of the Disney Legends, and he's even got a part in ABC's Recess. He was the voice of Santa Claus. Uh, he even did a Disney Nature film. He's done a lot of stuff. Bette Midler, she mainly did a lot of work with Touchstone, which, of course, was a Disney company, uh, including uh, out and out, Down and Out in Beverly Hills, Ruthless People, Outrageous Fortune, and Big Business. Uh, of course, we're mainly going to remember her as playing a witch, one of the Sanderson sisters. Hocus Pocus, come on. You, you, we know that's what we were thinking first of, right? She also had a role as Georgette in Oliver and Company. Uh, we've also got Kenny Ortega, which, you know, he's a director, choreographer, and a producer. Uh, you've probably heard of him. You know, he's even, you know, Hocus Pocus, some high school musical and things like that. Did a lot of work with Miley Cyrus back when she was part of Disney. Uh, we've got Barnett Ritchie. Uh, she's a choreographer at Disneyland. and done a lot of other different work. Robin Roberts from Good Morning America. She's been part of ABC for a long time. Diane Sawyer, you know, an ABC news anchor. I'm skipping over some of the people that I'm like, I really don't care. Ming-Na Wen. Now, that's kind of neat. Uh, she, of course, was the voice of Mulan and can currently be seen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as, of course, Jing Mei Chen. Well... Well, that Jing Mei Chen was on ER, but I mean, but <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. But she's May. I thought maybe for a second there that maybe they were giving her full name, but then I looked again. No, wait, that's ER. But she is May on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I'm goofing myself up. Hans Zimmer. 
Of course, you're going to know him probably from the Pirates of the Caribbean. He did the score for that, but I'm always going to like what he did for the original Lion King. Uh, he's done a lot of other projects outside of Disney, but, you know, even, you know, he, he's also done Muppet Treasure Island for Disney. A lot of different work and everything. Hans Zimmer, a very awesome guy. He even did uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was a Sony one, but, you know, it's still a Marvel character. So, But they're all being named Disney Legends at D23 this year. I am probably not going to manage to go to D23. I would like to go sometime, but it just doesn't seem to be something in uh, my foreseeable future, unfortunately. We do have a lot of other news, though, that I do want to get to this week. Before I get into the news, and yeah, there was a couple of trailers over the last couple weeks. I'm not interested in any of those movies. I'm just not even going to talk about them because I want to keep a positive show. So I'm not talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. I made a video of that, and I've already mentioned before I did not like the first Maleficent movie. I'm not seeing the second one. I'm skipping both of those trailers, by the way. But we're going to go into some news, and then when we come back, I've got a lot of fun things to share about Tim Conway. I'm going to be joined by Lost Boy Philip, uh, and we're, we'll talk a little bit about Doris Day, who also passed away this week, but I'm not as familiar with her. Uh, but mainly Tim Conway, who I was very familiar with. Uh, so we have a fun discussion coming, and we're going to get right to it after we get through a lot of really neat news that happened this week. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Well, this isn't really that much of a surprise, but there's going to be a sneak peek of Disney and Pixar's Toy Story 4 in the parks and on the cruise line. I'm sure you're not surprised. This is going to start around May 24th. Uh, it's going to happen in like Disney's Hollywood Studios over in Disneyland Paris and also over in Disneyland starting around May 24th. Even the cruise line is going to have some previews for Toy Story 4. So not a big surprise. We kind of figured they would, you know, there would be some big summer movie that Disney would be showing previews. They tend to do this year after year. So, you know, if you want to be able to go take a look at it, you're going to get an opportunity if you can get to the park for the cruise line. Now, there's an all-new Mickey Mouse Club... And there's like there was a reunion pre-parade at Magic Kingdom car, uh, Park. Seven seasons of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. They were actually showed up at the park. It was the 30th anniversary of the debut episode of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. Now I I'd heard something they wanted to do a new Mickey Mouse Club, but I don't know if this is any way actually leading to a new one. This seems to be more of a reunion. I was kind of when I saw this I, the way they were saying a all new I thought well maybe we're hearing something about this new Mickey Mouse Club but apparently not this was just a reunion that happened over at Walt Disney World. This is interesting. Okay, so Shop Disney and uh, they're moving all the parks around because they've had like Disney Parks products over on they had a separate app. You know I've got like two different apps on my phone for shopping for Disney products. Well, they're going to combine that all into one thing where you can find your Disney things. And, I mean, your park things and your regular Disney things at Shop Disney. So, if you already have that app, you're already all set. Uh, also, of course, if you're doing any shopping online on just without using your phone and do it on a computer, just remember Shop Disney will soon be the place to go on May 31st, 2019. Because that's when they're going to stand alone the Shop Disney Parks app. But it'll all be there, Shop Disney. Now, this is kind of a fun little detail. Apparently... There's going to be some droid tracks moving around, or you're going to see them on the ground going around in Galaxy's Edge. The exact quote from Disney is, If you look down, you'll spot the distinctive droid tracks right away. Follow them around the corner into an intimate courtyard covered by a sail-like canopy. The droid footprints will take you to a little animated scene behind the workshop where a red R5 and a yellow R2 are undergoing some maintenance. So this is around like that droid depot where you're supposed to be able to, you know, get your own pieces and make a little droid. A very, very fun little thing. And it's going to be remote controlled, about 18 inches tall, these little toys. I would kind of like to have one. And apparently uh, there, there's a possibility there will be some droids running around because uh, there are some images I've seen where back even in 2017 they were doing some tests of some little droids that were free roaming. This might be similar to... Um, I can't remember the name of it, but he was the little trash can that used to roam around and could interact with people. I have a feeling it might be similar to that, but we should see some droids going around. Something else neat happening for Walt Disney World. 
there has been revealed a new magic band that features the genie from the upcoming Aladdin. So I, I'm pretty sure you can get one with a classic genie. But they seem to be pushing, of course, this new, you know, Will Smith-looking genie. Uh, well, the artwork does look pretty neat. Uh, and it's fun, you know, it's the idea of having, of course, a genie. Magic Band is cool, and if you like the new look of the new genie, you're, you're fine. Uh, hopefully you can find one with a classic genie as well. Some, uh, well, some not-so-great news. <laughs> Patrick Spikes, 24-year-old, got arrested. He stole over $7,000 in, in items and resold them from restricted areas in Disney. I hear he's taken a lot of things from the Haunted Mansion. Wigs and costume bits and stuff like that. Stuff from animatronics. Uh, he's just been nicking things and selling this stuff online, and he got caught by the Orange County Sheriff's Office. They, uh, there's a photo on Twitter from Orange County Sheriff's, uh, Sheriff's Office. He doesn't even look remorseful for it. He just looks like, huh, yep, I did it. So, former cast member, and I, I bet he's one of those people who has been going up on YouTube. You can look on YouTube and find people who sneak into these restricted areas and film videos. Uh, I was. I have a feeling he looks like somebody I've seen in a video. I wonder if he's one of them. One of them people. Because I've been waiting for a lot of them to get arrested, and I've even seen videos where one com, one of those guys complained that he was, he was being investigated and some missing animatronics. Like, well, what do you think was going to happen? You're going where you're not supposed to go, and when Disney catches on to you, yeah, you're going to be looked into as being a potential thief. Speaking of the haunted mansion, though, there's a haunted mansion celebration of 50 years of the retirement unliving. This is going to be a big event. We're looking at about a $299 ticket that are, that are going on sale May 23rd at 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. This takes place as an overnight. They're after-hours events, August 7th and 8th and August 8th and 9th. Uh, going on mainly, I believe it's, it's going to be at Disneyland Park only. I don't think this is going to go on at Walt Disney World um, because that's the one that's, of course, really hitting the anniversary is Disneyland. So... I don't know that we're going to get to see anything happen at Walt Disney World, but Disneyland definitely is having a celebration, and it's an expensive celebration, but if you're a fan of the Haunted Mansion, totally worth it. Now, uh, also in Disneyland, you know, we've had those scrims up over at Sleeping Beauty Castle, and maybe you've seen some of these photos, but the scrim has come down. They're showing the new paint job on the castle. It's kind of got some sparkly paint stuff on there. Uh, it's also, they've painted the top half of it pink. Which, I mean, it looks pretty good. I mean, it has, has some neat loose stonework on some of the lower half, but that pink color reminds me a lot of, you know, that birthday cake-looking castle we had years ago. Yeah, but, you know, it, it doesn't look bad. I think it looks pretty good, but I, I, I don't know what the overall response has been yet. Uh, I haven't seen anybody say anything. Everybody's been sharing photos of it. Oh, look, hey, look, the new castle. And and I, I did see some videos, though, where at least some people have commented, hmm, gosh, that's kind of rather pink. And it is, and it doesn't look like a, a cake as much, but it does remind me of the old cake design. So, I don't know, but it doesn't look bad, in my opinion. I think it looks pretty good, but I haven't seen it in person. In person, it may be, oh, that doesn't look great, but I don't know, the photos look pretty decent. Um, I kind of think they should have done more of the castle look. I mean, we, we want to go for that fantasy style, that fairy tale castle, so we don't want to have that stonework the entire way, that's for sure. But I don't know, the, the pink, just it does look like a cake. A little bit to me, but it still looks cool. I mean, it looks bright and colorful, and it overall looks good. But I don't know. I'd kind of uh, the the white and blue seem to work better for me, maybe. But I don't. know. It still looks pretty good. But I don't know. I, I give me time to kind of get adjusted to it, maybe. I don't know. Speaking of things going on though, from Disneyland, this apparently was supposed to happen a long time ago, and they finally got some people to restore the old classic mine train that just kind of sat there in Disneyland that was removed years ago, back in 2010. This was part of the mine train through nature, nature's wonderland train. You know, they had put it off to the side as kind of a decoration in Disneyland. You could still see it off of the rivers of America. Well, it's currently, it was taken over to the old Walt Disney barn. It was supposed to be restored and nobody was doing it for a long time. But here recently, apparently it has been getting some restoration done to it. I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen when it's done. It's being worked on by the Carol Wood Foundation. I'm sure it will be put on display somewhere. Uh, but I, I don't know any more than, than that, other than it is going to be remade. They want to do some 3D scans of some of the parts so they can, you know, 
do adjustments or whatever, maybe replicate it in some other places. I'm not sure what the complete plan is, but it is pretty neat to know that they are finally getting some restoration going on on the uh, old mine train there. Now, we have a director for that potential Rescue Rangers movie. It sounds like it is finally moving forward. This is supposed to be a hybrid of live action and, and computer graphics with some animated characters of the Rescue Rangers. And Akiva Schaefer, who's one-third of Lonely Island, along with Andy Samberg and Jorma Tacone, he's closed the deal to direct this movie. So uh, David Hoberman and Todd Lieberman, who produced The Muppets, as well as Being the Beast for the studio, are producing the project. So we've got some producers in there. We've got a director going in there. Things are moving along. We don't know anything about what the plot's going to be, but uh, apparently we're, we're not thinking it's going to be like an origin story or even a detective agency story. But it's being described as being meta, self-referential, and cool. To me, that sounds like a bad idea. I don't know something about it. I, let me get a look at it. But I would, if I see a Rescue Rangers movie, I want to see the re, the Rescue Rangers being the Rescue Rangers. And if they're doing something as like a meta thing, it, ugh, I don't know. I don't know. Being self-referential, I don't. I, I'd have to see how they're being self-referential. That's a rough word to say. That's I think that's why everybody came up with the term meta. I am losing confidence in this movie. And when I first heard about it, I was like, oh hey, this could be fun and just silly. But uh oh. <laughs> Something that was kind of a neat idea that's very cool. The Muppet Babies, the animated series that is currently running, is about to go into its second season, but we have now been seeing that there are actual Muppets being made of the current version of these Muppet Babies, and apparently on Fridays is when you're mainly going to see this, but they're doing some little shorts that are going to be popping up on Disney Junior. Uh, and some of this footage has been put up on YouTube, and they look like great little puppets. I would kind of like to see some of the other Muppet Babies that we saw uh, from before, from like, you know, Muppets Take Manhattan or for the original Muppet Baby series because we are missing uh, Skeeter and Scooter. And plus Bunsen Honeydew and a Beaker popped up as babies. I would like to see them as well. Now here is the Everybody Has Jumped the Gun Way Too Soon story of the week. Everybody jumped on Robert Pattinson uh, apparently to be the new Batman. Well, all the articles were saying, oh, look, Robert Pattinson seems to be at top of the list. And it's a short list, but it also mentions Nicholas Holt and I think some other people. Mainly just Robert Pattinson or Nicholas Holt. Now, Robert Pattinson, you might know from uh, playing Cedric Diggory in the Harry Potter series or playing, uh, I guess that's supposed to have been a vampire in the Twilight series. I don't know. That didn't seem like much of a vampire to me, but that's a whole other issue. But the, the, him, you know, him you would be familiar with. Uh, Nicholas Holt, you have seen him playing Beast in the recent X-Men movies. And even more recently, he played J.R.R. Tolkien in that Tolkien movie that I saw last week. And I think he did a pretty good job. But they're both on a short list of a Matt Reeves-directed Batman film, The Batman. But nothing has really been confirmed, but everybody has exploded towards Robert Pattinson, and it's possible, quite likely, that he will get the part, but it has not been officially announced through Warner Brothers or anything. Everybody keeps referencing back to a Variety article where the headline was deceiving, saying Robert Pattinson had it, and they just backpedaled in the actual story, mentioning, like, oh, well, yeah, there's other people, you know, but he seems to be top of the list. And then I did see some other articles that are like, hey, you know, Robert Pattinson, Nicholas Holt, and other people are all on this list. That's the actual news of it. We have not gotten an official announcement from Warner Brothers or anybody that says that, oh, yes, it's definitely this person. So settle down. I do find it funny, and I commented on Facebook about this, that uh, we know from, I mean, J.K. Rowling, she was worried when uh, Warner Brothers came in to make Harry Potter movies that they were going to cast Americans in any part. She didn't want any Americans whatsoever to play any part in Harry Potter. We also know that they're never going to cast an American to play the Doctor in Doctor Who or to play James Bond. They're just never going to do it. But yet here in America, see, we've had Spider-Man, we've had Venom, uh, we've had one Batman and one Superman already, and we're about to get another Batman potentially played by British people. That's odd, isn't it? When you really think about it, it's, it's different. But I find that to be very entertaining, the way we do that. Like, these are our biggest superhero American icon characters. Britain will not let any of their iconic characters played by Americans, but Americans will have our iconic characters played by Britons. Who knew? But uh, the one last piece of news I want to share with you before we get on to some Tim Conway fun is the death of the cat everybody knows as Grumpy Cat. The real name of the cat, of course, was Tartar Sauce. Uh, she was a female cat. She only lived for about seven years. She had a urinary tract infection, apparently, that... Uh, 
just got a little bit too much for the poor cat to take. But everybody loved Grumpy, Grumpy Cat. She just had that, you know, frowny little face. She was a cute little kitty. Uh, and I think we're all going to miss seeing little photos of this cat show up. So, but that is the news that I have for you this week. And I think it's time to turn the corner and uh, let's have some fun remembering Tim Conway. To Disney and beyond. So we've lost a couple of legends. Now, I'm not that familiar with Doris Day other than Calamity Jane. There's a lot of them I used to watch as a kid. My mother, she, you know, being a Doris Day fanatic growing up. I used to watch a whole bunch. There's a, uh, oh, Don't Eat the Daisies and stuff like that. They were usually romantic. Yeah, it was a fun little show. They are usually romantic movies. You had a lot of Rock Hudson films with her. And, I haven't and, seen a lot of Rock Hudson films either. <laughs> yeah, oh, he was all fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, but there was a lot of good Doris Day films. He had a voice, a great voice, you know. And uh, she also did some with, uh, oh, uh, James Gardner, who I loved. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. But the great James Gardner. But she was a, a big fan of dogs, and so she started up some things uh, to take care of dogs. And uh, she had her own foundation for them. And, uh, but, yeah, she... She had her own TV show back in the day. Uh, that was against her own will. Her, her first husband uh, signed a deal for her to do that. She wasn't even aware of it. Hmm. And uh, so she, but she had to because it was signed that she yeah. had to do it. So she had to. That being said, yeah, I loved stuck. it as a kid. I don't think I ever watched it. What was the name of the show? The Doris Day Show or yep, something? Yeah, that's so, it. The only mention of Doris Day I knew from a kid was in Greece. Yeah, She's oh mentioned yeah. in the song. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But uh, that's about it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but Dor- Doris Day was very talented, beautiful. Her eyes were gorgeous blue. It's like blue as a sky. And her hair was just beautiful blonde, and she had a smile. I mean, just a gorgeous smile. But yeah, I thought she was very beautiful. You know, I, I'll be honest, man. I always thought she was gorgeous. I used to watch her, you know, as a kid. I thought <laughs> she was just beautiful. And her voice was just gorgeous. And of course, uh, I think the most popular song that she used to sing was a uh, Say. Uh, Sarah, Sarah, you know, K. Oh, Sarah, Sarah. That. that was her. K. Well, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. That's her. And that, that's her song. And uh, she just has a gorgeous voice, you know. But yeah, she uh, had her show. And on her show, her dad was played by Denver Pyle. Oh, wow. You know, Uncle Jesse. Wow. That's, that's him. <laughs> but uh, it, was a, it was a great show. Yeah, my goodness. It was a really great show. Uh, oh, we forgot to mention, yeah, Lost Boy Philip is with me here for anyone oh. who is. If, you, if this is the first time you've listened to the show or you just started listening, you might not have met Lost Boy Philip here yet. Yep, that's me. That's me. <laughs> we call him the Kryptonian. We were at Planet Comic Con this year, you know, yeah. talking about the Laughogram. So, but, but yeah, so Doris Day. Yeah, yeah Doris <laughs> Day. Up where you left off. Yeah, she was a very talented, talented jewel, really. And Did she ever do any work from Disney that you know of? You know what? Other I, than that Golden Horseshoe she, thing. She might have, but I, I can't think of it. That being said, I'll have to look into that. I can't. Yeah. I don't know at the moment. I'll, I'll do some research before I complete yeah. this show, so I'll probably already mention something. But, and I need to look this up. I forgot to look this up beforehand. But Tim Conway, have they? Have you heard if they made him a Disney legend yet? I don't know if they should have because... And it should have been... You know, this has been a great year for it. They have announced the Disney Legends, which I've already read off before this occurs on the show. So you have gotten to hear. They announced the Disney Legends this year, uh, and I don't know if Tim Conway is a Disney legend. So while you're looking that up... But Tim Conway, uh, I think when we looked I looked at it, he did at least five movies with Disney. Oh, yeah. He, he His first great. one was Gus. Did you ever see Gus? I love it. Gus is the, the, the field goal kicking uh, mule with Don Knotts as the coach. And Gus was like part, I can't remember who was playing the, the the main bad guy, but they were trying to steal Gus away for the other teams, or one of the other teams. The, the fact is, is Don Knotts and Tim Conway were a great team. They were so much They fun. did so many great movies together. They really did. They uh, Even outside of Disney, they did a couple. One of my love was this, uh, called Private Eyes. And it was great. It was it was stupid, but it was fun. And uh, what can I say? That <laughs> well, that's what they were. They were good at being stupid. They were. Did you ever see Private Eyes? No, I never heard of it. Remember, I used to tell you about a Wookalar. Uh, I used nah, to see. Yeah. Oh, that. it was great. If you've ever seen Private Eyes, of course, I'm a Don Knotts Don Knotts fanatic. You know that. Yeah. And uh, Tim Conway, they were so great together. The a Wookalar was this creature that they were supposed to be afraid of, and it was always Tim Conway talking about a Wookalar. 
He played the dummy, of course. Yeah, and, he was uh, good at that. Oh, he was he great. Such a good and dummy. He, had, he was so great at but, it. was weird because, like, dumb knots is usually, you know, you've got the guy who's not so smart. Then you put him with, with Tim Conway, and, but, you know, he gets to be the thought, smart one. He thought he was <laughs> so smart. And uh, yeah. what, what's basically what it is, it's, it's Tim Conway, or Don Knotts and Tim Conway's way of making a Sherlock Holmes film. <laughs> and it is hilarious. It was like Holmes and Watson would be awesome. Yeah, oh, it's great. <laughs> of course, Sherlock is is Don Knotts. Yeah. And Watson is Tim Conway. It's great. What's hilarious in the movie is Tim Conway keeps on uh, trying to send out these pigeons, these homing pigeons, and he'll like, try to throw them out of a window This there. Boom, you know. It's it's hilarious. It's a oh, great film. Oh, my goodness. I think the early stuff I remember with Tim Conway was almost definitely Carol Burnett show. Oh, that, that's what got me. Yeah. That's what made him really a star. Yeah. Well, other than, you know, Mikhail's Navy. Well, I, yeah. I but, still haven't really watched a full episode of Mikhail's Navy. It's but he wasn't the main guy. He wasn't yeah. the main guy. Which I do find fun that the main guy, Mikhail, uh, would later become Mermaid Man. Well, and sure. Tim Conway's Barnacle Boy. I love that they brought them back together. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Ernest um, Borgnine was that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ernest Borgnine in Mikhail's Navy. Yeah. So it was fun having them two together. Plus, oh, the guy who was the kind of lead kind of. Um, antagonist on Mikhail's Navy later would be on uh, 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 Charlotte's Web as the Templeman. Oh, oh no, yeah. wait. no, wait. No, I'm thinking of the wrong, of the wrong show. He would, did do some voices, though. Yeah. I cannot think of him. But no, the, the guy who was that, he actually had his on show. Ah, all right. Well, I'm getting messed up, messed up. <laughs> but no, that's right. But I did recognize his voice, but he's not He's not on Charlotte's Web as the rat because that, that other guy, I have seen him on some old TV shows. But yeah, we're, I know you're talking about. Yeah, that, yeah. but yeah, no, it was, it was a different guy. But the guy who was the lead antagonist on Mikhail's Navy, I know he did some voices because you hear him talk and you recognize him. But he's not the one I was thinking of first. He was he was something like that. But yeah, but Tim Conway. But that was like his first movie with Disney was Gus. Uh, when I was watching this, and I've got some great audio even of how Carol Burnett uh, met him. And I, I want to share some of this audio and have some of this story. So I'm gonna pause right here, and we'll hear from Carol Burnett first. And then I want to play for some clips, and we'll, I'll talk about these clips later. But Carol Burnett shares how she first met Tim Conway. Uh, so take a listen. Conway had been a guest on the Gary Moore show. I'd seen him on the Kills Navy. Uh, and there's nobody funnier in the world, I don't think, than, than Conway. Um, but he was on our show as a guest uh, pretty regularly. Uh once a month, sometimes twice a month. Finally, duh, the penny dropped and we signed him as a regular on the ninth year. Everybody thinks he was with us the whole 11 years as every week, but not till the ninth year. I think Conway's goal in life is to destroy Harvey. Uh, he just, he, they, I don't know, this started to happen. They were doing, the first time I remember it very clearly was when they did the dentist sketch that was just absolutely, Harvey was a prisoner in the chair and uh, Tim was a, a new dentist. He'd just gotten out of dental school and Harvey was his first patient. Well, Tim winds up, and this wasn't in the script. Tim added this once we were on the air, taping in front of the audience. The crew didn't know what was going on. Poor Harvey was helpless. Tim started shooting himself accidentally with the Novocaine and he shot himself in the hip, and then he couldn't walk, and then he shot him in the hand, and he couldn't move. And I, Harvey was just destroyed, destroyed. He was laughing so hard that tears were coming down. I often thought that I should have had some investment in Depends because nobody could, could be with Tim and keep a straight face once he got on a roll. He would do things that were never in rehearsal. Uh, he would do everything perfectly in the dress rehearsal, which we would tape, and then he would ask the director, did you get everything, Dave? And Dave did, and he said, okay, so then we would let him do whatever he wanted on air, and that was always gold. See, uh, this elephant uh, had this little dwarf trainer, and... Uh... <laughs> Put a little ballerina skirt on that elephant. <laughs> I go around circling like that. So I thought it was so laughable at the time. There were, there's a rumor going around the circus that that dwarf and the elephant were lovers. 
elephant squash. Oh, they had to shoot the elephant. I don't know whether it's because of rumor or not, but they're buried together. Tombstone. I guess it's not elephants, huh? No. Just a. Uh, I was at this freak show one time and I, I saw these Siamese elephants. They was uh, joined at the end. They was uh, joined at the end of their trunks like that. And this uh, trainer make them stand up on their back feet like that and they had their trunks stretched like that. Then this little monkey had come out. There and dance a merengue right off the <laughs> I kind of felt sorry for them. They couldn't go like the other elephants when they go. <laughs> All they could do is just blow and go. North. <laughs> One that sneezes, the other's eyes get real big. But, you know, you mentioned Tim Conway was on coach? Yeah, he did. A couple different times they had him on there. He played this dummy, you know. He, of course, he, he was so he, good at Oh, it. he was so great at it. Mm-hmm. He played this guy, and, oh, okay, that's all right. That's all right. You know, he's doing his little thing. He's supposed to be a guy who worked at the stadium. This is when they were uh, coach had got, at the very end of the show. He was supposed to move to Florida, and he was supposed to be uh, the head coach of the uh, Orlando Breakers. Mm. And this guy, Conway, I can't remember the character's name, but he was supposed to be uh, working and taking the white lines and putting the white lines on the field. But he had it all messed up. And th- th- but at first, that's not what it was. First, he was supposed to be the uh, coach's, uh, uh, oh, the guy who takes care of his lawn. But he was doing terrible at that, too. So they got him a job at the end, and he had the white lines all messed up. Mm-hmm. And everything he did was, was terrible. He was supposed to take care of the lawn. But the funny thing about the lawn was... Not only did they have it all messed up, he's showing how he took care of his own stuff, and all the trees were dead. <laughs> and uh, oh, you just have to see it. These uh, episodes were I'm great. Have to watch it. Oh, he was great. He was absolutely great. Everything he did, he was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Remember the dwarf on dwarf? Remember I, that? I remember the ads. I never got to see any of the dwarf stuff. Oh, I don't think. He, dwarf. I may have seen some. Well, I know it might have been him doing it. Where they, I saw him once as a conductor that was at the knees, yeah. and the, so he could. Lead, the conductor was like leading him back way far. But I don't think Is it was Tim Conway doing it. Oh, it was this other yes. guy doing the joke. You, you got it. See him. He would. He would but I Dorf was like a golfer. Yeah, or yeah Dorf golfing. Yeah. Dorf, Dorf baseball. Dorf referee. I may uh, have seen some. Of oh, them. he was great. It was just so silly. They would sell the uh, the tapes of it on TV. Yeah, I remember the ads he, all the time. He was awesome. Yeah, you, you couldn't beat Tim Conway. He was great. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely outstanding. That's, that's the thing. It's like you know, I I sat this week. I had never watched it, but I, I've had that Don Knotts set. Oh yeah, and nearly everything Don Knotts is in with Disney. So was Tim Conway. They were a great team, but. I had never sat and watched the Apple Dumpling Gang. So oh, now, yeah. Now, here's the funny thing. So, I watched the first one, and, oh, while I'm thinking of it, I have audio of Tim Conway, who has a special feature on the Apple Dumpling Gang. So, hey, y'all need to go buy this. But let's take a listen real quick. I was in Bullock's one day in the men's department, just standing next to a counter like this, and a lady came by, and she said, excuse me, where is your underwear? And so I showed her. Speaking of DVDs, obviously DVDs are in, my career is out. It's uh, pretty much over for me. Uh, I'm out in the valley now just uh, peeling soft-boiled eggs and waiting for the big one. But I had a marvelous career. I would not have changed a moment of it. When I was in high school, I weighed 95 pounds. The coach made me a guard on the football team, which would give you an idea of his intelligence. And I wanted to be a jockey, which is the truth. I was galloping horses in Cleveland, and I wanted to be a jockey. And had it not been for the fact that I was terrified of horses and fell off a lot, I could have been probably a world-class jockey. Then I went to Bowling Green State University to college. Then I went into the Army. I defended Seattle in 1956 through 1958. The Army is kind of a stickler on having your gun with you. Uh, It's... uh, some attachment they have for that. I was on guard duty at 2 o'clock in the morning, and a lieutenant comes around every two hours. 
and I had left my gun in the back of a Buick because I was asleep. So when he came uh, to check to see if I was on guard duty, um, I didn't have my rifle. And I knew that he'd be testy about that. So I reached in a dumpster and took out one of those long fluorescent tubes, light bulbs. And uh, as he approached me, I said, halt, advance and be recognized. And he gave me his name and uh, all of that business. And he looked down and he said, because I was holding this on him at the time, what is that? And I said, it's a light bulb. And if you come any closer, I'll turn it on. And I went from there to uh, painting rocks. And there were a bunch of rocks over here, and I would paint them and then put them over there for a long time, long time. And there were other occasions along the way that um, led me to believe that the Army does not have a sense of humor, although I, I had one. It's conflict. My parents were uh, amusing. My uh, father came over as an immigrant when he was 18 from Ireland. He was an amusing guy, but didn't know it. My parents both were. Uh, my dad put a, for instance, a doorbell in our house, this is the God's truth, a doorbell in our house one time backwards. So he crossed the wires so that it rang all the time, except when you pressed the doorbell. So we would sit at home at night and listen to this. And I would say to my dad, you know, I think the wires are crossed, but I think maybe you should leave it alone. So now when it would stop, he would go, I'll get it. When I would go to movies or watch television and watching at the time, Steve Allen's show, I wanted to do what those people did on television to an audience. I mean, they made them happy. They made them laugh. They made them just forget their troubles. So I wanted to do that. I didn't know how. Uh, I could have been, I suppose, a, a funny banker or an amusing tailor or something. But I thought, well, maybe if you got into show business, that would be uh, something. So I bought a tuxedo when I got out of the Army in Seattle, and I went to a nightclub, uh, and I had about 11 jokes that I strung together that were just dynamite. Hmm. And I showed this guy my act, and he said, well, give it a shot. I came in, and I, my first show was at 5.30 for about four people in a trailer. Uh, just a family came in to get a hamburger, and I came out and yelled at them for about 11 minutes, and they just stared at me. So the guy came to me and he said, look, you have a tuxedo on. That's good. He said, why don't you just, when people come in, seat them? So I became the maitre d' after the first show. It's um, interesting that when you uh, go to Disney for a picture, you go to wardrobe and then you meet your animal, because you will be working with an animal, there's no question about that. The World's Greatest Athlete was my first film for Disney. In this particular picture, we were working with a man-eating Bengal tiger. Get out here! There's a big tiger down here! There's a reason they call him man-eating Bengal tiger, because they do eat men. So I had an opportunity to sit next to this man-eating tiger for most of the picture. He was trained that if you moved rapidly, he, was, he, he would tackle you by your legs and then kind of gum your neck, uh, which was an interesting thing. Because whenever somebody new came on, on the set, a runner or whatever, you would say, could you just run over there and get me a cup of coffee? And then they'd let the tiger go, and he'd knock him down and <laughs> gum his neck. Uh, there was a lot of near heart attacks with people that couldn't take you know, a joke like that. We were in the front of a car one time. We were supposed to be shooting a rolling shot. And with all those lights in there, and it was also summertime. So it was about 180 in the car. And even though Bengal man-eating tigers are used to a lot of heat, they're not used to a confined area in the backseat of a car. And this particular tiger had on a pork pie hat, a scarf, and a raincoat, because he was disguised as something else. And he seemed a little annoyed. And I said to the director, who was in the safety of the car in front of a shooting, I said, you know, this tiger seems to be a little annoyed with this heat and the hat and the scarf and the coat on. And he said, the trainer said, don't worry. At that, the tiger went, eh, and he ripped out the seat belt. Now, it takes a lot to rip out a seat belt, so you know that there's some power with a Bengal man-eating tiger. So I said, could you just stop the car a minute because I just want to discuss the fact that this tiger is now loose in the backseat. So the trainer came by and he said, I don't understand it because normally he, he doesn't do things like this. And I said, well, you know, if you look 
at National Geographic, there are very few Bengal man-eating tigers you see that have a pork pie hat, a scarf, and a coat on. Perhaps that's irritating you. Gus was a picture of a field goal kicking mule. Now the storyline alone lends you to believe that maybe you're not gonna win an Oscar. So you're just, you're just doing the picture because you're doing the picture. But when you're up against things like The Godfather, Cuckoo's Nest, and Gus, the field goal kicking mule, you know, you don't even get rented tuxedo. I mean, what chance have we got here? I did notice that the trainer only had one eye. And I asked him, sir, <laughs> uh, well, how come you only have one eye? And he said, well, in teaching the mule how to, we had a little, you know. But, but that was early on. So uh, somebody else held the ball while the mule was kicking there. I did Shaggy DA. I'm on the handlebars of a bicycle with a little person in a dog outfit on the back of a bike, pedaling me down the street at four o'clock in the morning. And as we're shooting it, I reach back and go like this to the dog, you're doing good. Now the director says, you know, hold it, cut. He said, you know, I don't know, because you're, you're kind of mad at this dog. He said, I don't know whether it would be logical if you would pet his head. I said, excuse me, I'm here at four o'clock in the morning with a midget in a dog outfit pedaling me down the street and you tell me that it might not be logical that I... Get out of here. <laughs> I always enjoy reading a Disney script because there's usually some action there that really leads you to want to quit the business in a sense because you read and it says, my character goes into, now the minute you see Pie Factory, you know. Mm. Disney had a professional pie thrower come in because this were targeted pies. Oh, huh? He had an assistant who would put a pie on his hand. So it's like, pull! And he's throwing these pies at a target. Now he's doing this for a week. So now we come in to rehearse. Now the director says, oh, here's gonna be the scene. Now here's this guy with this assistant again. Now I'm in just street clothes, we're rehearsing. And we're not gonna shoot this for weeks. I come to the door, I go over here, and he says, okay, pie. Now this guy goes and throws a pie at me. We're rehearsing and I'm going boom. I go, excuse me, <laughs> did you notice we're just kind of chit-chatting here. He said, well, I want to make sure I could hit you. Well, I said, it's obvious you can. It's all over my sweater. I think you're, you're, you're wonderful. And it was real cherry pies. Now, further in the script, you go from the cherry pie. Then it says he goes through a paint shop where I am painted horn. Boy, this is going to be good. So I go to this pie place, I'm driving to try to get away from into a paint shop. Why not? It's on the route. Now from the paint shop, I go through a pillow factory. And you go, hmm. So naturally, I would be covered with feathers. So, a week of pies, then I go through the paint shop. I gotta keep all of that on to go through the pillow factory because now I get the feathers stick to the paint. This is three weeks of So I am sitting at four o'clock in the morning, we're shooting a scene with the Shaggy DA and I'm sitting here painted orange with feathers and cherry pie all over, wondering if possibly I'm in the wrong business. The nice thing about doing characters that Don and I do Hello. is the fact we don't have to apologize for anything. We don't do things that really offend you. When I was doing the Carol Burnett show, that show was not offensive. We made fun of movies and things of that nature, but never really pointed to anybody and said, oh, you're this? Okay. Well, we're really going to rip you on this one. So it, I've had a series, and the same with McHale's Navy or anything I've done, it has been a series of gentle humor along the way that I really 
have enjoyed doing for people. And it sounds like I'm passing away, doesn't it? <laughs> but I, I have, and if I did, I wouldn't care because I've, I've completed what I really look to do. I've had a wonderful family life, a wonderful professional life, and I really uh, couldn't ask for anything more except maybe a new pair of shoes. So I was kind of surprised with the Apple Dumpling Gang that it was a Bill Bixby movie. Yeah, he's great in that movie. Yeah, you've got to love Bill Bixby. Anyway, oh. I was making jokes when Heather came in. It's like, I hope they don't ever make him mad. You don't like when he's angry. <laughs> you won't <laughs> like him. But it's basically him and these kids, and it's a cute movie. But, you know, I didn't really laugh so much at some of the antics of them. But then you have, and they're just supporting characters. You have Tim Conway yeah. and uh, Don Knotts as Theodore and Amos. Yeah, they're And they're great. like uh, the Hacksaw Gang or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they were. But the best ah, scene... Okay. They're, after the kids find this gold and they've got into the, ba- the bank, you know, they, they get the idea they're going to break into the bank. And you got Don Knotts tied to one side of the bank. They're trying to get him yes. up on the roof. And the rope is over the roof of the bank and over tied to Clarice, which is uh, Tim Conway's or Amos's donkey. And he gets the donkey finally. He, he gets mad at the donkey. He slaps on the back. Donkey takes off. And Don Knotts is just swoop, up the roof. Like, yeah. Build it. They're both so good. It was so great, but it, what's funny is they're not in that movie there very much. No, but they're. But the funny thing is about it is they're supposed to be somewhat villainous. Yeah. And at the same time, that with the kids in. If they had a brain them, between them, they'd be villainous. Yeah, but the fact <laughs> is, the kids love them. In, yeah. In the edit, because you can't really get mad at these two. Yeah. I, it, I loved the two of them so much that when I was thirteen or fourteen, I was supposed to write these stories for school. And I made it about Santa Claus. And I made my elves based off them and one other. Because I couldn't help it. I kept thinking, wouldn't it be great if you had them as elves? And the other one I kept thinking of was uh, uh, Billy Barty. Uh, I yeah. thought those three would be the greatest oh, elves in so the fun. world. Because I love Billy Barty's voice. Yeah. And I love those two's voices. Yeah, and they're all three gone great. now. Oh, yeah. Now we're going to get depressing. We're trying to be trivial. Yeah, not but, sad, but, but yeah, but we Tim, love those guys. But can you imagine the three of those voices? Oh, so especially like Billy Barty was like the head elf and oh, he's got these yeah. two knuckleheads. These two knuckleheads, <laughs> yeah. And, and him and Don also don't know which one's the head. They're both fighting for the head position. Oh, <laughs> golly. But what I find very, very funny, okay, so it's 1975 with the Apple Dumpling Gang. I didn't see when that, the Apple Dumpling Gang rides again, but Apple Dumpling Gang was based off of a book. Really? When you get to the second one, it is based off characters created by that author. Yeah, there you go. Because they realized it was an okay movie, Apple Dumpling Gang. It's yeah. pretty good. It's worth watching. But Apple Dumpling Gang rides again That's when so it focuses funny. on Theodore and Amos. That's and they, the funny. And they take it because they got from the kids. They were the Apple Dumpling Gang with the kids, but they decided they're the Apple Dumpling Gang on their own with just them two. That's what those two together. They they just dumbly get through the entire adventure just by doing stupid things like they're getting they get blamed for a bank robbery when they're trying to make a deposit, drop their guns and accidentally shoot the guns out of the hand of the marshal and they can become legendary because they they beat him. You know? But they keep bumbling their way through all these things. I was laughing that entire movie, and then finally at the end, Don Knotts gets to do something smart and takes out the real robbers yeah. with a big cash bag. I'm like, oh my gosh, look, they did something right on purpose. But oh, somebody just became a sudden genius. Like, why did we not make this movie with just Don Knotts and Tim yeah. Conway and let them be the stars? And Rides Again was so much better than the original. Yeah, I gotta say, I loved it so much. I love both of them, but I know what you're I, I like the Apple Dumpling Gang. It was good. But, but, but like when I said, you watch the second one, you're like, oh man, this is so much better. But the, the good thing is, is that they made several movies together, and they're both so good together. Mm-hmm. They're, just, oh, they're such a team, and you know, that's one of the things I wish I could have seen because apparently Tim Conway and Harvey Corman toured together. Oh doing some sort man, of thing. that would have been great. That'd have been the greatest show. Tim, oh. Tim Conway, uh, this is the truth. I love Don Knotts. Was good on almost mm-hmm. any by himself. He was great. Yeah, Tim Conway by himself was great. Don Knotts with any duo was great. Mm-hmm. Tim Conway with any duo was great. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. You know when you have true talent, when it almost doesn't matter. Uh-huh. It almost doesn't matter. Tim Conway with oh, it didn't matter who he's with. He was going to be outstanding. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, and this isn't to put down anybody who's with. He could almost steal the show. That's why mm-hmm. we get someone. But he knew how to make you look better. Oh, that's it. That's the greatness. Mm-hmm. That's the greatness. That's mm-hmm. that's the greatness. That's what he make you funnier. That's exactly right. And speaking of which, this was another. I this the video clip it wouldn't play so well uh, with the audio, but I watched some some video of from the Emmys uh, for, featuring Harvey Corman and and and, uh, and Tim Conway. One year, Tim Conway was an Emmy, and he goes up. And he says, "I uh, had some friends that just sent me this for an acceptance speech." He opens this thing up, and he's reading. Really, he was great at deadpan. He didn't. 
have this grin on his face. He looked he was so dead. He looked so serious when he'd say the dumbest things. It made but, you laugh like crazy. But he started reading, and it was like an ad for putt putt golf. <laughs> And, but it's just a standard ad. It's like, oh, there's hot dogs over there. If you get a hole-in-one, free hot dog. But he's got the entire crowd at the end. He's just rolling just from the way he's saying it. And he's being totally serious. Like, he's giving his acceptance speech. There will be, you know, if you make a hole-in-one, you'll get a free drink with your hot dog. And he's being totally serious. <laughs> but it's end up being hilarious. So then, another year they show, Harvey Corman wins an Emmy. Tim Conway comes up with him. Harvey Corman didn't know Tim was going to come up, but Tim is literally on his arm. I mean, he's like leaning on his arm, kind of rubbing his face on his arm and just looking up at him like, oh, just, just mouth open, just yeah. like, oh, that's Harvey. And Harvey Corman is trying to give an acceptance speech. And at the violin is like, and I also give thanks to idiots like this one. <laughs> you know. But then they coordinated a year. They were both nominated for an Emmy and they planned ahead. Tim Conway's gets, name gets read as a, as a nominee for this Emmy. Tim Conway gets up and he walks up on stage. Everybody's like, what's he doing? I don't know. It's Tim Conway. Just watch. Harvey Corman's name gets read. Harvey Corman gets up gets up on stage. And they're both just standing there on stage. And then they read the winner. It's Chevy Chase. Uh, it's almost Saturday Night Live. So Chevy Chase comes out to win. 75. Wow, man. But, but, so, but Harvey Corman and Tim Conway are just like, oh, look, Chevy Chase won. We didn't win. But we're up here. Here we are. <laughs> Jimmy Chase is like, you know, trying to keep himself from laughing. When you look at him, he's like, he gets it. They're just screwing with whoever's going to win. That's great. But it's great. And the, uh, the, uh, even the clip I was watching, they, they cut back because they were talking to uh, Harvey Corman and, and, and Tim Conway. And Harvey Corman's just like, why in the world would you ever want to take life seriously? Yeah. So, like, you have to have some fun with yeah. it. And they did. That, see, I understand completely. Mm -hmm. When you're faced with, with, uh, serious sicknesses and mm -hmm. you have all these things, I'm not saying you don't show, uh, you don't show seriousness to the serious things. Yeah. But when you're the one who's having to face these things, you have to have a little bit of humor with it. Find something to laugh at. I'm not saying you laugh at a person who's going right. through it. I am, however, saying that when you're the one going through it, you do have to have a little bit of fun with life. Yeah. Because you got enough. And so, Tim Conway, thank you. So, like that Patch Adams movie where Robin Williams, he was playing yeah. a doctor and he would put a thing on it like a clown yeah. was on when he was going to And he would it. do it as serious as it could be. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because life is fast enough, it's serious enough. If you don't slow it once down once in a while, you can miss it. That's that. Thank you, <laughs> Ferris Bueller. I appreciate that. Exactly. That's exactly. But right. yeah, you have to laugh at some things because life. If when you take a step back, I mean, because I've had some crazy. I mean, I even uh, on, an, on a podcast called That Story Show, I shared within the story there was a frightening story when we had it happen. We were in that canoe and we went through oh, that spider web. Oh my goodness! And we had those baby spiders crawling up our legs into the canoe. It can be a funny story now. The circles. Yes. A, oh my gosh! Because it was a nightmare at the time, but now it's funny. Or the time that I actually literally, I nearly got fully badly injured. And I kind of concussed myself a little bit when I literally out in Lebanon, Missouri, because it was in the dark and we were playing uh, hide and seek, and I ran across a clothesline because my cousin was shorter than me he ran under it i didn't realize or remember it was there and it was metal wire clothesline. Oh this goodness. is a, this is a farm country and it cut right across my and i got the scars across my nose and my eye yeah and so i mean i was hurt but now it's pretty darn funny i got clotheslined by a clothesline <laughs> and i i literally my my my, my head and shoulders landed faster than my body because i literally i flipped my legs out from under somebody it's funny to look at now but i i was afraid i was gonna have to go to the emergency hospital i didn't know if i was gonna keep my eye i was it's scary when you look at that, but you can look at it now and say, wow, that's pretty darn funny. Yeah. So a lot of good funny stories are when something bad happens to you, as long as you're not seriously injured. When it's serious injury, that, that's not funny. No. But when you're not seriously hurt and you're okay afterwards, that's funny. Things look a lot scarier than what they end up being sometimes. Yeah, it's it's scarier. It's scary when you're facing it, but if you can learn to laugh at it, and even when the times when you are a little scared, find some way to, to have something that's keep funny. Keep on going. You keep on going. Find something that's funny because laughter is the best medicine. And the, uh, well, oh, even, um, um, wow, the voice of Raphael and Pinky. Yeah, I, I cannot think of his name all of a sudden. But he used to, and, you know, his podcast used to listen. It's like, you know, the laughter is the best medicine and it's always free. He has, he has a fun way of he would say it. It was kind of fun. Ron Paulson. Yeah. Or Rob Paulson. Uh, but, yeah, um, there's no, no bad side effects and it's always free. But he always laughed, and Tim Conway made us laugh for years. He's we great like medicine, him. and uh, yes, we're gonna miss him. We haven't got to see him do anything in a long time, and he's been ill for a while. But he left his mark in the world. He's made a really good mark because he made us laugh, and he never did anything dirty. You know, yeah, that's <laughs> Just, what I love about it. He was he always knew he always knew how to make you laugh and not make you blush. Yeah.
No, he was he was so G rated, but he he would just do it by just such ridiculous. Well, that shows silly genius mm-hmm. to me. Because if you think of Dorf, Dorf is almost the dumbest thing if you thought of it. But it's so funny. Yeah. Because just that's the silly thing. And even like in uh, Apple Dunkling, the way he would play off when he was trying to, you know, oh, because Donuts is telling him so we could double our money. We'll triple it the next night, and he's just counting on his fingers in the air and just lunch lot. It's some of the that you would say that would be just so dumb, but it's just funny when he does it. Yeah, because I think I think. The thing I like about it too is that I think all of us have done that. If we're unless, <laughs> yeah. unless we're dishonest, I think all of we us somehow to, relate to him when we, we do that's something dumb. Yep, we do. If we're honest, <laughs> but, oh, but that's I. Well, there, there's nobody who I think has matched that sense. No, I don't think we now. Would. Now it seems you go, you, you, you got to be careful when you go to a comedy if you're if you're trying to you just get clean jokes. You know, thank goodness for Disney can make a good clean joke still. That's right. Thank you, Disney. Yes. But we need another good Tim Conway to keep the legacy going. That's you know? right. I don't think we're ever going to get a new Tim Conway. No, I don't either. He showed everybody how, you know what, just doing something stupid funny is funny. That's right. People are almost afraid to act stupid, you know. But you have to be good at acting stupid to make it funny. You have to be smart. You have to be smart about how you act stupid. That's right. Because some, some people, they just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this idiot thing. But, oh, yeah, but you just came off stupid. Didn't make it. You did, somehow you missed that charm that made it funny. Yeah. So... Like Rowan Atkinson's really good at that of doing oh, just incredibly yes, stupid things, and but it's John so Cleese. funny. John, oh, John Cleese, and you know I think Rowan Atkinson had to have borrowed a little bit from Tim Conway's dentist bit. Have you seen yes. the Mr. Bean thing? Except for he, Mr. Bean <laughs> is in the chair, but the dentist gets accidentally stuck with the thing and then wobbles down. Yeah. <laughs> Something he had to have gotten that thought. Like, what if what if Mr. Bean was a patient and a dentist had actually stuck himself with yeah. the needle? But of course, it was Mr. Bean's fault. But I, I swear he had to have seen that Tim Conway bit and thought, I can I can do that. Yeah, just sort of different angle. I I don't know that I can link that, but it just it just reminds me of it so much. I'm like, yeah, Rowan Atkinson knew that's funny. Yeah, he did. So, oh yes. So yes, Tim Conway. Thank you for all the years of laughs and all the fun we've had and all the fun I'm still going to have because I still got pretty much. I think every every Don Knotts movie I have in this set has Tim Conway. Although I don't is, is Tim Conway in the shakiest gun in the West? No. Darn. That's right. Don Knotts is in it, so I'll still be happy. Yeah, the, the, he didn't do all the single uh, Don Knotts films there, and he didn't. I don't. Was he in Hot Lead and Cold Feet? I don't think he. I don't recall. But that's a good movie too. Yeah. I you know I think I, I don't think I've watched that one. I know I've got a copy. It's a good of it. one. I need to watch it. I just don't think that he was in that. But it's a good there movie. needs to be a Tim Conway collection, and if he's yes, not he a Disney does. legend, he needs to be in. Yes, Duck he does. Because he is a Disney legend. Yes, he does. He needs definitely. To be. I mean, goodness, five movies. Yeah. Because there was let's see the two Apple Dumpling movies, and there's Gus, uh, and then there's something that had uh, Jan Michael Vincent, I think his name is. Oh Supposed yeah. To be like yeah, from South movie. Africa. He was an I athlete. I seen that when I was, uh, I was at the theater watching that. But there was. Yes, people have been posting up lists of, like of the, four uh, movies. Fastest Man Alive or something like that. Fastest Man Alive, uh, yeah. But I people, people have been posting on social media a collection of four movies, but they always miss Gus. Yeah. And I remember watching Gus uh, in my middle school. When we were going off on break for the weekend, we'd get to watch an old movie in the in the big theater. And Gus was one of the movies we watched one year. And uh, it's, it's, it's so silly. And they actually showed it... Um, Oh, on Turner Classic Movies when they do their thing. And it's just, it's so silly. Cause it's a ridiculous premise. It's a mule that's kicking, you know, field goals. Yeah, football. It's so funny. It's just a ridiculous premise. But, you know, you got well, if Don Don Tim Conway in there. If Donald's no. coach is not silly enough. Yeah, but it's just great. It's it just is. good fun. And if you haven't seen these movies, go see them. Go find them. They're yeah. out there. Disney's got them still. They're, they're just good movies. Because yeah. Tim Conway, he's just, he could do almost anything. But he would just... And you wouldn't have expected it because I was even looking on, on some stuff on Tim Conway. I mean, he was like a high school football player. He was like, you know, I'm handsome and young. And he just became, he just had this talent to just be goofy yeah. and weird looking. Because you know? <laughs> he, he, he could get those looks on his face that were just, you know, he just had that perfect look on his face. That was just so funny. Sort of like Don Knotts would kind of, yeah, sniffed out that one nostril. Don Knotts was good at giving that look, you know, like he's being me, I'm tough and I'm cool. You know, well, he I, obviously wasn't. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it's Tim Conway would look kind of bored and dumb. And yeah, like he was just, was almost unaware of what was going on in the Off in space, yeah. He just had those looks and oh, God, yeah. you gotta love him. So, is there anything else we want to add on other than we love Tim Conway? No, it's just a, we love you and we miss you. Yeah. And uh, I hope to see you in heaven. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. 
And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast.